Good morning. A pleasant day to each one of us, though life seems to be complex uh, in this pandemic time. Sometimes we feel great, and the next moment we feel uncertain, especially when we do not feel well. Do that if we have COVID or something else. Two, three days ago, I was in one of the funeral homes, and I was invited by a longtime friend uh, because uh, somebody died in the family, and there were 15 of them, and they were relatives. They came from different places, and they have not seen each other for quite some time. And they began to talk. Instead of grieving, it became a time for reunion, a time for happy occasion as they reminisce their past lives together. So when they were about to take pictures together as a group, sabi ng isa, yung mukha natin huwag tayo masyado mag-smile because somebody died in our family. We have to change our facial expression. I think that's right because uh, they are in grieving, in grieving period. However, there are, there are things, pretensions, in this life that are self-serving or sometimes with wrong intent or with wrong motives, such as maybe a guy who attends church activities, who attends maybe worship service, though he was not a Christian actually, but the intent, he tried to pretend to be holy because he was courting a Christian girl who was attending the church. A pretension. And we do hope that uh, maybe he may become a Christian, but that pretension is self-serving, just to win the heart of somebody with deception. Or as Jesus said to his disciples, he said in Matthew chapter 6, verse 16, he said, to his disciples, when you fast, we have been fasting this, this, this week. He said, when you fast, do not look sad as the hypocrites do, disfiguring their faces, pretensions, pretending to be in fasting in order to impress others that they are holy, that they are in fasting. Now, Jeremiah chapter 17 tells us that the heart is deceitful. And the Lord searched the heart and examined the mind. We can pretend towards other people. We can deceive people. We can betray and even lie to other people. But we cannot deceive our Lord Jesus Christ, who knows our minds, who knows the intent of our hearts, and who is the Lord of all. In every whatsoever motive, in every motive, no matter how, the heart tried to pretend and to deceive. We can do it to others, but we cannot mock God because He is the Lord of all. And He knows what is inside our hearts. This morning, let us take a deeper look on how the Lord reacted to describe a teacher of the law as what we have read a while ago in our scripture, whose heart 
whose heart's desire was to follow the Lord. In Matthew 8:18 to 20, it tells us, Now when Jesus saw a crowd around him, he gave orders to go over to the other side. And a scribe came up and said to him, Teacher, I will follow you wherever you go. And Jesus said to him, Foxes have holes, and birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay down his head. Here we can observe, he suddenly approached the Lord Jesus Christ because the Lord Jesus Christ was giving orders to his disciples to go to the other side of the lake. And this scribe, his desire was to follow the Lord and he hurriedly appeared before the Lord and tell the Lord that he wants to follow him wherever he goes. Now after this interaction with the scribe, the Bible did not inform us if this, if this scribe took the challenge of Jesus to follow him or not. But it's obvious Jesus travel a lot, as the scribe said, wherever you go. And this scribe seems to be very confident of himself to become a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ. Because we can observe as Jesus' ministry progresses, the crowds likewise gets bigger. And Jesus may need followers due to the ministry demands as Christ travels to different villages, different towns to dif with different needs. Now going back to chapter 5, Jesus taught the Sermon on the Mount regarding the kingdom of God to establish God's righteousness followed by practical teachings for godly living till the end of chapter 7 so a person can relate to God and live a blessed life. And right at the start of chapter 8, verse 1, after teaching the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus came down from the mountainside and demonstrated the power of the kingdom in verse 1 of chapter 8. And first, Jesus touched and healed the leper who begged Jesus with his faith to heal him. And Jesus healed this leper. Then followed by the healing of the centurion's servant, the centurion saying to Jesus, just say the word and my servant will be healed. It is the faith of, the, of this centurion that healed the illness of his servant. And Jesus was astonished of the servant's faith and received a commendation. Here we can see our Lord was not limited by space and by time. He just said the word and the servant from a distance was immediately healed. This is because our Lord Jesus is the Lord of all. Then Jesus healed the mother-in-law of Peter. That's her and the fever left her. Not even with the faith of the mother-in-law of Peter. But Jesus just touched, touched her and the fever left her, the Bible tells us. And in verse 16, when evening came, in verse 16 of Matthew chapter 8, when evening came, Jesus 
drive out demons, demons possess, and evil spirits with a word and heal those with various diseases. And heal those with various diseases. Not only one, not only two, but many, many who flock to the house of Simon Peter. Those who were evil possessed with evil, those who were possessed with evil, with demons, those who were sick, they were healed with the word by our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, we can see the scenario. Great and mighty deeds became evident as those who were sick, they were healed, and those in bondage were set free, and those who were demon-possessed, they were delivered. And obviously, people were rejoicing. They were giving thanks to God, and this scribe who came to Jesus must be very fascinated for what he has heard and seen. I believe he has been following Jesus from a distance. And his heart must have been very captivated with the teaching, with the preaching, with the healing, and the miracles that Jesus performed. This scribe may never heard a preacher who preached like Jesus, and a teacher like Jesus who teaches with authority. He may never have seen such miraculous healing of various diseases and the deliverance from evil spirits at the command of our Lord Jesus Christ. And this could have provoked and moved the heart of this scribe to follow Jesus wherever he goes. But it must be very surprising and very strange for the crowd to see this highly respected religious leader this scribe, a teacher of the law, publicly offered himself to follow the Lord Jesus Christ. Remember Nicodemus? He came to Jesus at night when no one could see him. He came in secret because they don't want to associate with Jesus. But this scribe must be so awesome awesome, must, must be also awestruck, or very overwhelmed, must be so overwhelmed of Jesus' preaching and teaching and authority and power that compels him to publicly approach Jesus and said, Teacher, I will follow you wherever you go. I will follow you wherever you go. So with high expectancy, with this scribe, and likewise he might be highly thinking of himself that he was a religious leader, a teacher of the law. He must have thought in his heart that I am far more qualified than the disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ, who were mostly fishermen and uneducated. And he might have looked into himself as one highly respected. This scribe must have thought to himself that he was highly influential, a teacher of the law and a scholar. And as he talked to Jesus, 
I believe the crowd was fascinated. The disciples too must be very impressed that a teacher of the law, a scribe, would commit himself to follow the Lord Jesus Christ. Because this scribe can be a great impact. He can be a great, he can be an asset for the ministry of our Lord Jesus Christ due to his religious qualifications. However, this scribe did not impress Jesus, my friends. Though he might have impressed the crowds or the disciples, but this scribe did not impress our Lord Jesus Christ. For our Lord Jesus Christ is not, ju not just a teacher. Our Lord Jesus Christ is not just a preacher or a healer or a mirac miracle worker. But our Lord Jesus Christ is the Lord of all. For even the inmost part of the heart of this scribe, it is known to our Lord Jesus Christ. This scribe did not impress Jesus because the scribe's motive could be self-centered and could be self-glorifying. And Jesus was not impressed despite he wants to follow him despite of his high religious education and being prominent in the society. Friends, our Lord Jesus Christ knew the hearts of men. He knew the hearts of this scribe. In John chapter 2, after Jesus performed the first miracle by turning water into wine, the Bible tells us in John chapter 2, verse 11, that the disciples believed and put their faith, put their faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. However, in verse 23 of chapter 2, in, in, of, chapter 2 of John, at the end of chapter 2, verse 23 to 25, many saw the miracles of the Lord Jesus Christ. But it tells us, and many believe in His name, but Jesus cannot entrust Himself to them or did not believe them. Because Jesus knew what was in men, as verse 25 tells us. They admired the power of God, the miracles of God, but they did not profess faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. That's why Jesus did not entrust himself nor believe in them because their faith was in the miracles and not in him. In Matthew chapter 7, verse, 23 and, verse 22 and 23, Jesus said that on the judgment day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and in your name drive out demons and perform many miracles? Then Jesus will reply, I never knew you. Away from me, you evildoers. Their faith was in the miracles, was in the miraculous works for their own advantage and benefits, but never truly placed their faith in Christ. And today we must be careful with preacher who are preaching prosperity gospel 
we must be careful on how they expound the Word of God and teach the Word of God. On another occasion, regarding the denial of Peter, when Jesus imparted his last words to his disciples before he will be tried and before he will be crucified. And Jesus tells his disciples, you cannot go where I am going. And here is that talkative Peter. He said, why not, Lord? Peter said, Peter said to him, I will lay down my life for you. And Jesus replied, before the rooster crows, you will disown me three times. Three times. Here Jesus predicted that Peter would deny him not only once, not only twice, but three times. Three times. And then the rooster would crow. And it exactly happened. In John chapter 18. Because Jesus said so. Jesus knew the hearts of Peter and warned him. But Peter was very highly confident of himself. Then the rooster crows. Right the third time he denied the Lord Jesus Christ. This came to pass because Jesus is in control of the events of this universe. And it is unusual for the rooster to crow at night. But it happened because Jesus said so. And because he is the Lord of all creation. In chapter 9 of Matthew, some men carried a paralytic man lying on the mat. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralyzed man, Take heart, my son. Take heart, son. Your sins are forgiven. Then it tells us that the religious leader who were there said to themselves, This fellow is blaspheming. And in verse 4 of chapter 9, Jesus, knowing their thoughts, Jesus said, Why do you entertain evil in your heart? He reads the heart of men. He reads the heart of these religious leaders. Because Jesus knew what is in the hearts of men. And so, he also knew what is in your heart and in my heart. Nothing is hidden before our Lord Jesus Christ. Our intent, our motives is laid open before him. We can deceive people. We can lie to people. We can mock people. We can backbite people at their backs and betray people. But we cannot deceive and pretend before God. Because everything is laid open before him. Because Jesus knew every heart. And he is the Lord of all. He is our all-knowing, all-present, all-powerful God. Because Jesus is God in the flesh. And nothing is hidden before our Lord, including our heart's motives, even the heart's motives of the scribe who wants to follow him. Friends, we can see no matter how great and powerful our Lord is, yet on the other hand, he is also our Lord who is very gracious who is very compassionate and full of loving kindness. We can see when this scribe approached the Lord Jesus Christ, 
he did not outrightly reject him nor criticize that, that scribe, though he knew what is in the heart of that scribe who wants to follow him. Instead, Jesus replied, Foxes have holes, birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay down his head. Jesus, in other words, is telling this scribe that if it would be very costly to follow him. Instead of the scribe expecting to get what he wants from the Lord Jesus Christ, maybe he wants power, he wants also to be a healer. Now it turns out that Jesus challenged this scribe to give up of what he has, including his social status, including his scholarly mind, including his comfort zone, if he really wants to follow the Lord Jesus Christ. In other words, he describes being tightly bound with these traditions, being tightly bound with these daily chantings of prayers, the rituals, the religious practices in which he was strongly attached to, needs to be replaced by believing in the Lord Jesus Christ, by trusting in the Lord Jesus Christ. Besides his worldly stature, status I mean, his worldly fame, he needs to lay it down and forsake it, including himself in exchange to follow the Lord Jesus Christ. And this is also for you and for me. Jesus showed us that he was not calling men and women to follow a certain rituals or a certain culture or a religious or certain religious practices, but Jesus was calling men and women to follow him into a personal, intimate relationship with him to learn from him whose burden is light, to walk with him and to know him deeper and follow him faithfully. Jesus said, follow me. Follow me. The me means in him alone. It is a commitment and devotion to him alone that we profess our faith in Him alone and put our trust in Him alone and no other. Here Jesus gave this scribe the option. He gave him the opportunity to choose to follow Him yet without any compromise, without any hidden agenda. And Jesus is telling this scribe, He must pay the cost of being a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ. Likewise, Jesus shows this scribe that following him is not easy, nor is it prestigious or comfortable at times, as the scribe might have it in his mind, because Jesus is always traveling, spending time with his disciple. Sometimes he is in fellowship, enjoying life, 
And this is actually what Jesus meant when he say, Foxes have holes, birds have of the air have nests, but the Son of Man have nowhere to lay down his head. It is not comfortable, it is not prestigious, it might not be easy to be a follower of Christ. However, Jesus doesn't mean that he has no place to stay, or no clothes to wear, or no food to eat, or no bed to lie down. He doesn't mean that. But Jesus, Jesus meant as they will travel in dusty roads from one village to another to proclaim the kingdom of God, to minister to the needs of people, the heat of the sun, the thirst, the fatigue, the cold of the night might become part of the ministry. They may experience persecution as well. They may be prepared. They must be prepared and they must be, and they also must get used to eat whatever is served at the house that welcomes them. And they may sleep in beds or in rooms that may not be very comfortable for them. And furthermore, Jesus implies, if you follow, if you follow me, Jesus said, and be his disciples, you may not feel very convenient in this world because we now should live in accordance to the teaching of the Lord Jesus Christ, such as the Sermon on the Mount in chapter 5 to chapter 7. When you go home, you can review what Jesus wants or what God wants us to live with our Christian life. And this deeper from the old values of this world and principles. And following Jesus, there are denials of worldly belief. You have to lay down your old belief. Your desire must be crucified to the desire of Christ. There will be sufferings as we faithfully live for him and his righteousness. And there might be suffering. And there will be suffering as we take up his cross and commit to follow our Lord Jesus Christ. This is where the scribe differs with his religious perception, with his religious practices, with his motives in following the Lord Jesus Christ. Brothers and sisters in Christ, it is no longer a big deal for us to know if this scribe followed the Lord or not. It is no longer significant because the Bible was silent about it. What is significant now, what is far more important now, is your heart and my heart. That's the big issue now. What is the motive? What are the motives in our hearts? What are the intent of our hearts toward the Lord Jesus Christ? Is Christ the center of our hearts? Or is there something else that is above Christ in our hearts? Is our hearts motives pleasing to Him? Have we fully surrendered our hearts to our Lord Jesus Christ? Or is there any area in our lives that we have not yet surrendered to Christ? 
with regards to our spiritual life. Do we really set up aside time, quality time, to spend with our Lord Jesus Christ through the Word of God? Do we commune with Him? Do we spend time in prayer for us to grow spiritually, to fully depend on Him as a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ? Or do we still hold on to our past belief? Or, do we, or are we still highly confident of ourselves, even without the Lord, without spending time with His Word? How about our religious, past religious practices? When you are forced by relatives or friends to offer incense, to burn incense, to offer food to departed loved ones, do you compromise? Or do you still count days and time for funerals and weddings? There are even some Christians, they even talk to their departed loved ones to watch over them. Friends, Jesus is in control. He is the Lord of all. We must put our trust in Him alone. There are many man-made teaching. It is full of lies and deception to destroy our spiritual walk with God. Let us go back to the Word of God. Be serious in reading His Word and applying what He says. We need the truth, the written truth in the Bible to transform our minds and not be deceived spiritually. Now, how about our personal commitment to Christ? Not only our time, our worship, our daily walk with Him. When we come on Sunday, Sunday to Sunday, to worship as a congregation, do we come on time or earlier? We may come earlier so that we can sit silently to allow God to search our hearts the motives of our hearts, so that if there is anything that is not pleasing to Him, we can ask God to examine it, to convict us, so that He can cleanse us as we repent of it, and our worship will be pleasing and acceptable to Him. As we come early, we can also reflect on how the Lord had carried us throughout the week. It is a time where we can reflect and give thanks to Him to recall how He protected us, how He provided for our needs, and we can praise Him and thank Him for His provision and faithfulness. And here as we come early, we can likewise slip off our loved ones, especially our unsaved loved ones, in prayer so that they too one day would come to the saving grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. We can lay our burden before the Lord in silence before we start our congregational worship to praise Him and thank Him. Lay down our burdens and our needs before our Lord in prayer. Our hearts are open before God. Nothing is hidden before Him. We should allow Him to examine our hearts 
and let our hearts, our intent, the intents of our hearts and the motives of our hearts be aligned with His will and be pleasing, acceptable to Him, that our worship will indeed be a pleasing aroma unto our God. Brethren, even our Lord, during His earthly ministry, He faithfully spent quality time daily in the morning and at the close of the day to give thanks to God and early in the morning to seek guidance, to draw strength in what the Father wants him to do. He wants to do what is in the Father's heart, the Father's will. And this is exactly what the Lord Jesus wants us to do. And not only for us, he even challenged this scribe who wants to follow him. He gave him the opportunity and challenged him so that this scribe will not be caught unprepared what lies ahead in case he decided to follow the Lord Jesus Christ. Our Lord, in his interaction with this scribe, he was very considerate, he was very compassionate, and yet he did not force this scribe to follow him but he gave him the opportunity. It is our choice. We have, God has given us free will, our choice. But our choice in this life will determine even our eternal destiny. Therefore, we need to believe. We need to trust the Lord Jesus Christ. We need to profess our faith in him and be a true follower of our Lord Jesus Christ. And he promised that he will be a shepherd to us who will follow his voice. And he will indeed be a great teacher to us, a great preacher, a great healer. He will be a miracle worker in our life as he answers our prayer because he is trustworthy. After the cross, we can see these disciples he became the refuge and the great comforter of his disciples because they were about to drown. The boat were about to sink in the midst of the storm. And yet we can see Jesus calmed the storm, and he can even calm the storm of our lives because our Lord Jesus is the Lord of all, the only hope and the only Savior of mankind. And Jesus is God in the flesh because only God can stop the wind and calm the storm. And he is willing that we become his follower as we fully surrender our lives to him. Let us pause for a moment of silence as we entrust our lives to our Lord Jesus Christ. Father, we are so grateful and thankful for all that you have done for us. Lord, you did not only walk with your disciples, walk from town to town, from village to village, but you obediently, faithfully walked to Calvary, to the cross, and you lay down your life for each one of us that we might experience forgiveness of sins. 
eternal life, and one day to be with you for eternity. Therefore, O oh God, help us to live for you, to fully surrender our lives for you. The one, Lord, you are the one, Lord, who lived and died for us. We give you praise, we give you thanks. We honor you, we praise you, and we love you. With all this we praise, we pray thanksgiving in Jesus' name. Amen and amen.